Now today, it's a, a special uh, day for me because for the first time, I'm uh, starting a series of messages that's based uh, on my book, Power to Win, and uh, I have uh, uh, the book at the entrance. Uh, it's not a Christian book, though it has a, it has a testimony of my transformation, and I, to I told you about transformation, and some changes uh, in people are very radical, and some are very mild. So you, you, you may be a really excellent person, you don't have uh, great problems of seeing, you, you, you still need Jesus. Still need Jesus. It's like, have you ever watched those uh, shows on HGTV they, that they get a house that's all wrecked and then they rebuild the house? Some houses are worse than others, but at the end, what matters, it's the final uh, result, the final product. And, and so in Christ, it doesn't really matter where you came from. It matters uh, who you are and where you're going. And so today I would like to talk about a, a word that's not in the Bible. That's the word metamorphosis. It's a, a Greek word, but it's not in the Bible. But the principle of metamorphosis is in the Bible, which is the principle of Christian life. You know, the, the Old Testament gives us this image that the, the walk of the righteous with God, it's like daybreak where the sun starts to, sh to shine until it's noon, until it's a perfect day. So in our darkness, as we allow God to um, dwell in us, uh, it's like the light of dawn. So it's shining more, 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 and should continue to shine more. All right? So uh, what I'm talking uh, about today, it's about this process of metamorphosis. And uh, while I'm talking, I just uh, put a, a video there of, a, of, of an animal that I, that I love. I love th those animals. Um, I don't like them when they're like, the, like that. Um, but, uh, but they evolve. Uh, so th this is uh, uh, an animal that grows in Canada also, uh, in, all across North America. So it's, it's a butterfly. So th this butterfly starts uh, differently, has no wings, and looks like anything but a beautiful uh, monarch butterfly that will be transformed into. And, and, and so um, uh, this process, it's, uh, it's, it's lengthy and um, uh, probably painful to the animal, but at the end, it becomes what is supposed to be. So, um, why am I talking about this? Because in our personal lives, maybe you're not happy where you're at right now, uh, but I have good news for you. It's in Christ, there's more and there's better. And you're still in this process of transformation. And when you think that's it, that you're getting there, God has still something better for you. Amen. And you need to believe it and live it and acquire it. And so this was the message of Jesus. Uh, he said he came to give us life and life more abundantly. So even if you have abundant life now, there's something more. There's life more uh, abundant. And, and we need to, to just walk with Christ and allow the Holy Spirit to do this transformation. And sometimes there's, a, a, there's seasons of cocooning like uh, you see here. The, that's the, the cocoon where the animal is hiding 
all of its glory, the beauty of, of that animal, it's there. It's in, the, it's in the, the genetic information. It's there. But it's not yet manifested. So in our, in our Christian life, it's also like this. We come to Christ just as we are. And some of us had very uh, dramatic, radical transformations. Like going from uh, deep sin into holiness. And that, that's, a, that's a radical transformation. It's a complete makeover. For some of you, it's not that extreme. But it doesn't matter how extreme it is. What, what really matters to God, it's the end result. And so God wants us to be in the image of his son. So we're being transformed. So we're all being transformed. And if you think you're not being transformed, uh, so there's something wrong with you. Nothing wrong with God, nothing wrong with the world. It's with you. So, so we just need to realign your life in order to allow the Holy Spirit to continue that transformation. So all of us uh, break this process uh, through life in uh, many different ways. And, and so I would like to mention this uh, scripture that's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ... The new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. The new is here. The new is here. It's right here. So, uh, so uh, th th this is uh, an amazing principle that most religions try to operate uh, through brainwashing, uh, manipulation, uh, so many rules, regulations, different things. The difference to Christianity is that true Christianity, this is not achieved by human effort, but this is achieved by the work of the Holy Spirit. So that's, uh, that's a big difference. You know, in, in a, a traditional religion, they'll get someone who's uh, like an alcoholic, <coughs> and they, they try to brainwash him scare him say if you continue like this you're going straight to hell and it's going to be even worse than here and so they they just bombard the person with this type of information and then through fear through manipulation they try to operate a transformation now the work of the holy spirit it's completely different the work of the holy spirit is that the holy spirit dwells in us and convicts us that we have sin and that there's a better life for us in Christ. So, so then voluntarily, we tell God, God, here I am. Just mold me and shape me. And God will help us to overcome uh, bad habits, addictions, bad things in our life in order to operate this transformation. So if we are in Christ, the new is here. And so what happens to the old? The old should uh, pass uh, away. So, um, sometimes we don't understand that we have the power to operate or to start this process and also to create something out of nothing. So, you, 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 let's say you don't like your life as it is now. I'm not going to ask you to lift up your hand because that's very depressing when you say, I, I don't like my life, I hate myself. <laughs> You know, I used to look at myself in the mirror and, and uh, I, would, I would say, I hate you. 
because I hate myself. I hate I hated the way I was living, um, and 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 I, I understand the the process of. Uh, going through life and saying, I don't like my life. I don't like what I am. I don't like what I do. I don't like what I say. But if you're truly in Christ, you just lay that at the feet of the cross. How do you do this? You do this in prayer. You do this by talking honestly with God. Prayer is a conversation with God. And you tell God, God, I don't, I don't like my life. I don't like where I'm at. You promised that you have life and life more abundant, abundantly. So where's that life? Challenge God in his promises. That's where we can challenge God. It's in his promises. So you need to know them. Read, read the Bible, see the promise, and say, okay, I claim this promise. So God, change me. And as we do this, life starts to align with the will of God. And, and that's amazing when it starts uh, to happen. And so it's possible to reinvent your life completely. It's possible. It's possible for you to start a new business at age 90. It's possible for you to uh, uh, have a new family at age 80. <laughs> it is. So if it's possible at that age, and you folks are much younger than that, you're like 20, 17, uh, 30, 45, 50, 70, whatever. So uh, it, it's possible to realign your life with the will of God and to do that transformation. Life doesn't have to be miserable. Life can be good. And so this process in science is known as metamorphosis, which, which means a change of shape. It's what it means. It's a Greek word that uh, means a, a change of shape or a form of, of identity. Like uh, um, uh, last week, we heard Sebastian talking about, about these things. So it's a, a change. It's a complete change. So we, we have to allow that to happen in our life. Um, let me go a little bit further and tell you that in order for this to happen, requires certain effort from you. Because there's two extremes in Christianity. One is saying that God does everything. We don't need to do uh, uh, anything at all. Oh, God does it all. That's an extreme. That's very extreme. There's the other extreme that is saying, oh, God will help me and I'll have to do my effort and then God will help me. So we need to find the balance. But know that in order to see a transformation, there's a price to pay. I know in church we say Jesus paid it all, but uh, yeah, he paid it all, but you have to pay a price too. So he never said that following him will be easy or free. So Jesus challenged people to follow him, and he promised these things, but he said, if you want to do this, there's an effort. You need to strive to go through the narrow way. You need, there's a narrow door, there's a narrow way, there's a difficult path, and it's not for all. You need to pick up your cross, follow me. So it, it's not 100% paid by God. It's, it's like a partnership. God sent his son, he paid the price, but then there's an effort. You know, it's like the butterfly, 
I, I can't imagine that cocoon that is uh, like squeezing those wings and it must be hard. But then it, when it gets to the right time and the wings uh, just open, oh, that's amazing. So I, I, I pray that God will help each one of us so that you will spread your wings and, and start to fly in that new path, in that new way. And so uh, I know there's programs with 12 steps, 10 steps, 8 steps. Uh, I'm going to give you two steps. How about that? Okay, two steps for a transformation and to start the path of metamorphosis. So the first one is to give up of, what, uh, uh, of your current path. So whatever you're doing now that's not working, just give up. Just give up. Even it seems to be a good thing. You know, I don't know if I told you this story. I was starting my first church, and it was a, a, a place with a lot of Roman Catholics. And um, th there was this square, and I rented a little storefront about this, the size of this place and started a church there and started going to marketplaces and bringing people to church. And right across on the other end of the square, there was a, a Roman Catholic church uh, with very devoted people. They were so devoted that uh, we will see people just on their knees uh, uh, going to church, doing a sacrifice, and, and uh, you know, very devout Roman Catholic people. And as I was entering the, our, our little church, I see this lady, and she's bleeding from her knees, and she's going, you know, like this, and she has a rosary, and she has a, a, like a, a scarf, and, and she, she goes down the, the, that, those streets of stone, and she's praying the rosary, and, and it just hits my heart, and I'm feeling so sorry for this lady. And so I go there and says, listen, I don't want to disturb you, but um, why are you doing this? And, and uh, she looks at me very strangely and says, what do you mean why am I doing this? I told her, you know that Jesus Christ suffered at the cross? He paid the price, so we don't need to sacrifice? And she was a bit shocked. I told her, see, by doing this, I know it's your love for God, and that's fine. But it's like saying that the sacrifice of Jesus wasn't enough. You know, why, why are you doing this? And she says, oh, this is my faith. And I pray to uh, Our Lady uh, of Suffering, Our Lady of Agony. Actually, it was the, the, the name of the church, Our Lady of Agony. I pray for our, to Our Lady of Agony. And, and uh, I, I'm, I'm doing this for 20 years. Because I want to see this miracle in my life. And I, I will never forget the Holy Spirit just prompted me to, do, to ask a question. And I asked the lady, is it working? And she was very, very shocked. I, I'm going to stop the story here because I know uh, different people have different levels of faith and they do different things. But my question to you is, I don't know what kind of Christianity you're living. But my question is, is it working? Is it working? I, I did this question many times to different Christians, different people that told me things they do in order to receive a grace from God, a miracle, something supernatural in their lives. The question is, is it working? 
Because if it's not working, maybe it's time to change strategy. Maybe it's time to allow God to do it instead of doing it on your own. And on uh, uh, your burden is very simple. And uh, this process of transformation is described, can be described in these two different verses, two different books of the Bible. One that's in Colossians uh, chapter 3, verse 9, where it says, Do not lie uh, to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with his practices. So, so do not lie to one another. What, what is this talking about? It was talking, it's not that they were lying to one another. They were lying about themselves. They were lying about their life. It's like when uh, somebody comes to you and you had a miserable day. You had a, an awful day, horrible day, horrible, horrible, horrible. Somebody comes, says, hey, what's up, man? How is it? Uh, how's your life? And what do you answer? Good. Why? Because, well, first, you don't want to burden them with your own burdens. But then you're lying about your day. You're saying good when it's not really good. Or you're just using faith. That's fine. But, but uh, what's saying is in order to be transformed, you need to put off your old self, your old way of doing stuff. All right? Does that make sense? It will make if it doesn't make sense now. And then uh, in another scripture, oh, I moved too fast. Another scripture in Ephesians 4.24, it's another book of the Bible, it says, put on the new self. So put off the old and put on the new. It's like when you go to winners, you, you like going to winners, ladies like going there. Getting like, you know, 12 different things. So many that the lady doesn't have a number for the <laughs> to give you so you can try all, the, all that stuff. And then, and then you put, put uh, a, a dress on and the shirt and, and you try different things. And you're trying to decide according to your money what you're going to take. Uh, and you choose, okay, these are good. No, this is too tight. This is... And you, so, and eventually, you take some of that stuff home, and eventually, you're going to give away your old clothes, or trash them, or give them away, and you renew your wardrobe, I hope, every five to ten years. Every year. Every month? Okay. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, but we, we, we renew the stuff we, we have, uh, it's like, you know, 15, 20 years ago, I used to preach with a tie and a suit. And I hated it. I, I love our current <laughs> wardrobe in church. It's way better than wearing a tie and a shirt and all formal, you know, shiny shoes and all this. But, uh, but so I have to put off the old and bring on the new. So spiritually, it's the same principle like changing clothes. It's a, it's a process. It's a process of transformation. And it's constant. If you're still alive, you are under transformation. If it stops, you're getting old. It's like when you go you know, to a certain place and you see someone dressing like they're in the, 
90s or 80s or 70s or 60s, you know that person is old. Why? Because they don't care about renewing their looks. Now, in the Spirit, we should allow the Holy Spirit to renew us. And so, in this process, we need to put off the old in order to have the new. That's the process of metamorphosis, of transformation. And uh, again, this is the same butterfly that we watched that little uh, movie. And uh, how many of you sometimes see those in your backyard? Huh? So uh, they go a little bit further north, not a lot, but they will go uh, up to close to James Bay. But um, it's, it's very interesting what happens with this little animal. <coughs> because they take two generations to come from Mexico to Canada. So it's, it's like this. Some of these bugs are born in Mexico, southern Mexico, and some even a little bit further south. Uh, some, some even in South America, but most come from southern Mexico. And, and then they travel north to the U.S. And, and then they will die in the U.S. And there's a new generation that is born. But they all, they all want to come to the best place in the world, which is Canada. <laughs> and so th that new generation travels to, to Canada. This is very interesting. I have here the, the map, so you, you'll see how it goes. And, and so, they, they, so one of these generations stays in there in the Corn Belt, and then the other generation comes to Canada. And, and so, so there's a new generation born in Canada, but then they realize, man, this is cold. Let me go back to Mexico. <laughs> so they, they fly all the way from James Bay to Acapulco and, uh, you know, and um, Riviera Maya, and I was just saying names, you know. But uh, they, they go all the way again over here. Now, some people thought, oh, they do this and they, f they fly up and down. No, it's not like this. It takes them like three generations to complete the cycle, and then they continue the same thing. It's like built in. It, uh, and, uh, and in the process, it's a process of metamorphosis. So it starts as a bug, and then uh, they gain wings, and then they, they're on, the, on a mission. They're flying, and they, it's like a, 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 an interesting uh, generational thing. And, and so there's a cycle. It's like a generational cycle. Now, we're no bugs. We're human. But we come from a family. And we received genetic information from our parents. And we were born in a place. And eventually, God will place us where we should be. And, uh, and, and so I'm not talking about human migration or anything. But during our lifetime, we also have these cycles. And we do stuff. And then we do something different. And then uh, we end up, uh, when people uh, get really old, they do like, childish stuff, right? <coughs> it's like they turn back in time. They, they start doing stupid stuff like when they were babies. And uh, so th those are life cycles. So there's different cycles. Now, if you're in a bad cycle of your life, it's time to break it. And, and in the spirit, you can be free 
And that first step that we talked about is to acknowledge that you're in a bad position. You give up of what you're doing. And then step two, I call it follow the leader. What is follow the leader? You know, in, in all this process of these uh, uh, animals, even the, the monarchs, uh, there's a, f a few of those uh, uh, animals that are like leaders, like pack leaders. It's like uh, when you see the, the, the ducks and geese, you know, flying, and, and they, they're coming also to Canada and to the States, all these migrations, all these things, there's a leader, and they fly even in, they do like a V, then they replace the, uh, the leader sometimes, but they all follow a leader in order to get to their destination. Now, let me tell you that this is the reason why spiritually we need pastors. Okay, uh, I know this is not a popular message, but I'm not here to be popular, so that's fine. <laughs> um, uh, but we need to have role models and people that we follow and that help us in the process of transformation. So in church, we call them pastors or leaders or elders, or uh, in the past, there were different names like deacons and different names that we give. But th those are people that have a, a spiritual responsibility of opening up ways so we can follow or of teaching us how to break some cycles or how to get rid of sin in our lives. And we need to be able to listen. I know the message today for Christians, it's a message of, you know, do whatever you want. Uh, you know, choose a church that is good, that has programs for you and your children, or, uh, you know, that's close to home. Uh, and, and so pe people will choose their own churches and pastors, but it's not the way it's supposed to be. So we follow Christ, and he's our example, but then there's people here, real people on earth. It's not that Christ is not real. Christ is real, but he's not here physically. So he's here represented by his church and by people that are a reflection of his glory. That's why Paul used to say, follow me as I follow Christ. So the, that, that's the, the process. So if we don't have anyone to follow, we'll end up lost. Or if we follow the wrong person, we can also end in a bad place. But that's very, very important to understand this principle of following a leader. Now, let me tell you a little story. I don't know if you know this uh, actor that's here in this picture. His name is David Carradine. Car and um, he used to do a very popular show called Kung Fu. And that show was very popular. And basically, if you watch Kung Fu movies, they all have the same story, right? So he, here it goes. There's this fragile girl or boy, doesn't matter. And the fragile boy or girl suffers big injustice. And they kill the parents and they abuse the little child. And it's horrible and the child is powerless. And then the child somehow finds an old master that will teach martial arts. <coughs> and he will tell them, okay, this is the solution for all your problems. So now you follow my discipline, and so there's a tough discipline, and eventually then that child 
uh, grows up, becomes better than the master, and enters into a path of revenge in order to have some payback for the problems they had in the past. So I don't know if you ever watched this movie. I watched hundreds of these movies when I was a kid. I, I, uh, but they're all the same, exactly the same. So my favorite became Kung Pao. I don't know if you ever watched Kung Pao. You need to watch this movie. It's hilarious. It's so funny, so funny. So it's, it's like an extreme of all these stories. If you never watch this, you know, just <laughs> search it on Google and you need to watch this movie. It's so funny. But, but they're all like this. And why am I mentioning this? Because this is a principle of life that we need to apply to our Christian life. You know, when Jesus told the disciples, come follow me, it's not because he was alone and he wanted to follow. It's not like today we have like Facebook likes and we say, oh, follow me. No, it's not for his self-image. Uh, no, Jesus wanted genuinely to help those people and to teach a pattern where uh, someone who grows spiritually teaches others to follow that same path so we'll all be transformed into the image of Christ. So we'll all enter the process of metamorphosis where we get rid of the old and now we have the new. All right? So we need leaders. And, um, and so usually we call these leaders pastors. You, you know, uh, I go by the, that title over here, though I, I don't think I'm a real, uh, like, uh, biblical pastor. Uh, I'm, I'm more of a, of a teacher and uh, an apostle, uh, an evangelist, so because all these leaders have different roles. And so we need to understand those roles. And so sometimes we need a pastoral person in our life that will uh, help us to go through situations. Now, in our days, we replace that with what? With doctors, psychologists, uh, all kinds of different things. And nothing, there's nothing wrong there. However, if you want to grow spiritually, it's not with uh, Dr. Oz or Dr. Phil or whatever. You need a pastor. <laughs> you need a pastor. You need someone that prays for your soul, that consults with God to get answers, and that communicates those answers. And then you need to be humble enough to listen. Because some people say, oh, I don't like that. I better change church because I don't like that. You know, they're saying that I, I should give. I don't like that. They're trying to mess with my money. I don't like that. And so there's all kinds of things that can happen, you know, that we don't like. But, uh, but if we're in the process of transformation, there's some pain we need to endure. I, I'm getting a bit lost. I'll better finish this message. All right, have you ever seen a stupid person with a poster of Albert Einstein in their bedroom? <laughs> or, or someone that wants to be a, rev a revolutionary, they put a, a shirt with uh, Che Guevara or whatever, and, uh, you know, and uh, sometimes they don't even know uh, what, what are the principles of that person. But people uh, want to have role models. That's why, you know, nothing wrong with having, you know, a picture of uh, 
whoever in your bedroom. But let me tell you, as a Christian, you need to have a clear image of Christ in your heart. <laughs> you know, that's the poster boy for your life. It's Christ. So, so you need to, to have this goal. So, so there's nothing wrong in, with following people. But, but humans have this need of uh, re reflecting their image in others. And, and so now with social media, this goes to, to an extreme. But the way uh, Jesus operated was like this. Like in, in Matthew 9.9, he says that Jesus went from there. He saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him, and Matthew got up and followed him. It seems like a simple story, and if you put it on Facebook terms, this is nothing complicated. You post something, and then you send a message to Matthew, and say, hey, Matthew, follow me. And Matthew goes on his uh, uh, device and clicks, follow Jesus. That's it. No, that's not what happened here. It was a bit more complicated because Matthew was, in fact, a tax collector. We, he was the scum of mankind. Okay? I know today tax collectors get well paid and it's fine. Those days, no. Tax collectors were hated by everyone. And here's Jesus addressing this man that everybody hates. And he says, follow me. And that's the process. And it says that he left everything and followed him. Why? Because he's the leader. And he, Matthew, hated his life. He hated that everybody hated him. He was miserable. And so when Jesus looks at him and says, follow me, there's hope. And he says, all right. What am I doing collecting taxes? I'll better follow this, this master. I better follow Jesus. He has something that I need. And so he leaves everything in order to follow Jesus. I want to challenge you to do the same thing. Not to follow a church or a leader, but to follow Jesus. And this matter of following people sometimes can be deceiving. Uh, if you know history, that's Adolf Hitler there. And so in the 1930s, uh, people started to follow Hitler. Hitler was a working class guy. He was a painter, very smart, very charismatic. He was a socialist. Uh, so uh, that's people don't know this. Nazi uh, in German, and we have a German person here means a, a national socialist. So it's like someone that loves their country and they're a socialist. So we have plenty of socialism in our world today. And it's still a very popular message. So he offers a message saying, okay, let's give jobs to the working people. And people started to following, follow him and there was such a huge follow that they thought, okay, he's so good, he better rule the world. And they tried to conquer the world because the uh, Germans were so convinced that they had the solution for the problems in the world. They were willing to go to war in order to create a better society based on the values of that man. 
we know the, hist the you know, history. This went really wrong, very wrong. And so today, uh, the name Hitler and people think, oh, those people were stupid. No, they were not. They were very smart, smart people, intelligent, bright people that saw leader and they decided to follow that leader. Now, so check who you're following because ultimately we need to follow Jesus. And if you follow a pastor or a, an earthly leader, see if they live like Jesus. Amen. Or, you know, in a way that will bring honor to Jesus. All right? So before I finish, then uh, it was easy for Matthew because Matthew left everything and followed him. But then Jesus started to go deeper and he told them the deal. And Mark 8, 34 says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. And he went into detail about this thing of picking up the cross. What's the cross? What's a cross? A cross is an instrument of torture. So if we will talk in today's terms, we'll say, you want to follow me? Pick up an electric chair and follow me. Because that's what the cross was. The cross was, you know, the death penalty device of those days. So we, when someone was uh, condemned because of a crime and they were condemned to die, the cross was, uh, you know, like hanging someone or electric chair or lethal injection, but was cruel because it was death with pain. Today, when they uh, do a lethal injection, they want to make sure that the criminal doesn't suffer pain. But in those days, it wasn't like this. So when it says pick up the cross, it's not something gentle. It's not something mystical talks about some level of suffering. <clears throat> so in order to be transformed and to follow Jesus, we need to do this. Okay, so just to summarize what I talked about today. <clears throat> if we want to be transformed into the image of Christ, I would like to challenge you uh, to give two easy steps. One, give up of what you're doing now. When I say give, giving up, it's like, if you have a job, it's not quit your job. Though, sometimes that's a good solution. Sometimes it's what you should, should be doing. Or, if you're fed up with your husband, don't quit and give up of your husband, okay? <laughs> or your wife. But, so, so, but think about what I'm talking. It's in terms of your uh, life. You say, okay, I, I really don't like my life. I, you know, I, I hate my job. I hate the place where I live. You know, I, I don't like this. Uh, so bring it to Christ. Say, God, I give up on making my own choices. Amen. So Holy Spirit, talk to me and help me to understand what you have for me. And sometimes it's not the best for you. It's not what you desire. But God will make you love that new spot where he will place you. Amen. All right? I don't know if this makes any sense, but, uh, but you, you, maybe you're not called to be a rock star. Maybe you're called to be some, someone more, someone humble, okay? And so, so just trust the Holy Spirit. Say, God, show me. And, I, and tell God, God, I give up. And step two, see if you remember, follow the leader. And what kind of leader? 
well, I'll teach you about these principles, and if you need some help, uh, I, I can coach you in these principles. And I, I'll, I'll plug here that you can get my book, Power to Win, that again, it's a Christian book that's not a Christian book. So it's, not, it's Christian principles without the Christianese, but uh, it will help you, you know, to navigate uh, your life. So uh, I, I really had this message at heart, and I know this is very simple. I know it's a very simple message, but we need to be reminded sometimes that in Christ, there's better. In Christ, we're in the process of transformation. We're always being transformed. I know th those of us that are getting older, we're not getting prettier, but we're getting beautiful on the inside. Okay, and I have good news for you. God doesn't look at your wrinkles. He looks at your heart. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> he looks at the condition of your heart because he's really interested in our soul. You know, our body will die. So we're decaying. We're getting older. We're... Uh, sometimes we have a disease, sometimes, you know, our eyes blink, sometimes, you know, our feet don't uh, walk as they should, sometimes we have a pain here, a pain there, we lose sight, we lose so many things, faculties in, in life, but uh, uh, our, our spirit is being renewed to be in the image of Christ, all right, so uh, I'm not there yet, you're not there yet, but we're in this, in this walk, in this journey together. Amen. All right? So, so, uh, so how, how do we break with the past? We, we repent we, and we come to, to God. We say, God, I repent because I've been trying to do this stuff on my own. And now, you know, I give up. I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm at your feet. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. And, and then in that process, God will bring you to a place like a passion center or another church, and where he will plug you with people that will help you in your journey. But then you need to, to do a little effort. It's like, if you don't pray, can God answer your prayers? I don't think so, because you're not praying. <laughs> Ask, and you shall receive. Why would you receive without asking? Oh, but God already knows. But it doesn't work like that. You need to ask. So, and, and they say, oh, but I, I don't like praying. Of course you don't like praying. You don't like praying because you're not receiving answers. <laughs> because as soon as you start receiving answers, then you'll enjoy praying for everything. Listen, I, I pray for a parking spot. I pray for, I pray for everything. I pray how much should I give tip to an employee. I pray, I pray for everything. I pray for everything. And you say, oh, but you're an extremist, uh, like a Christian fundamentalist. Bring it on. Bring it on. I live with Christ. I'm being transformed. I'm being trained to glory. So, so, so I want to be in communication with God at all times. Uh, okay, but that's me. But I, I like to teach you to do the same thing so you get out of that mess that you feel that you're in. All right? So, very simple <laughs> message. And, uh, and if you say, okay, but how can I uh, find a leader? You ask God. You ask God. Because sometimes 
Um, you know, I, 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 I'm not, I've not always been a pastor. Sometimes there are seasons in life in which I was in a church and I asked God, God, lead me to a church. And sometimes I was led to a nice church that I loved, but I also was led to places that I didn't particularly like, but I knew God wants me here. And, and, and so what's important is to know that for different seasons in life, God will bring different people, different leaders. And don't, don't choose uh, uh, pastors like you choose like a TV show. You know, that you watch, uh, okay, season one is coming, you watch three episodes and say, oh, mm, no, I don't like this. Let me change to another series. Or, uh, you know, it's not, it doesn't work like that in Christian life. It's not like, oh, let me come to this church. Mm, I don't like that. No, you ask God and say, God, is this my place? And it's so, so, so important because uh, we can only go as far as we're coached to go. You know, e even the best fighters, the best athletes in the world, they have coaches. And, and if, the, if the coach uh, uh, is not good, I, I was going to say sucks, but I cannot say that in church. Um, so, so, uh, but if the church, the, if the coach is not good, the team doesn't do good, right? So sometimes they need to change the coach so peop, uh, the, the athletes will perform. So, so uh, maybe you need to change coach. Okay, I, I'm, I'm not telling you that I'm the best coach because I'm not. But I'm the coach that God chose for some of you. I, or I'm the, the pastor that God chose to some, some of you. But if I'm not able to speak into your life, then you need to find another pastor. And I, I told, uh, that was very unfortunate. I had to tell this to, to people that I love that were here with us. And I asked them, you see me as a pastor? I said, no. He says, okay, so you need to find another church. Yeah. I told this to, to several people here. And it's, it's like raw. It says, why, why would you do something like that? Because I know that every person needs a pastor every pastor needs a pastor also